raw, it's real, it's unfiltered, it's Simple Roots Radio. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to another special bonus episode. While these episodes are short and to the point, they follow the same mission as the full-length shows of helping you to live your best life and be armed with the proper knowledge to do so. It's a show dedicated to simplifying your health, allowing you to live with more purpose, more joy, and ultimately achieve the lasting health you've been looking for. In today's episode, we're going to dig a little bit further into the hormonal and nutritional impact that our life has on our skin. I'm going to be answering your top questions, so thanks for sending those in, and I hope this episode clarifies what you need to know. So the first question I received was, why does dairy cause so much harm with the skin? Dairy is obviously a huge topic of debate and still very delicious. And while I don't ever want to put down someone's way of life or the fact that dairy has a nutritional profile, we have to look further into dairy and realize that dairy tends to be a more inflammatory-causing food in many people's bodies. However, if we take someone's body who is very healthy and is working at optimum functioning, we can see that dairy is processed and metabolized very easily. However, in many cases, our bodies have lost optimal functioning and just need time to heal and rejuvenate. And we know if you suffer from acne or skin issues, this is a clear sign that your body is fighting something and needs space to heal. So why dairy? Well, there's an abundance of a hormone called IGF-1 in milk, which is a growth hormone. For a growing calf, this is obviously an extremely important component of milk, but in humans, it's not so much. This growth hormone has been shown to make acne worse and throw other hormones out of whack. It is classified as one of the several factors in the body causing inflammation, which again end up leading to acne. Another side effect of dairy is that it tends to produce excess mucus and oils in our body. Some people or in our kids can notice this if they have a constant gargle in their throat or a phlegm in their throat that they deal with making them sound hoarse. This can be caused by excess dairy. The same goes for sebaceous glands. Dairy causes your skin to produce excess sebum oil, leading to more clogged pores, more acne, and ultimately a breeding ground of bacteria, which feed on your sebum and spew out inflammatory byproducts everywhere. Sounds great, right? The bottom line is dairy has been found to have a negative impact on one skin. However, dairy is not the primary cause. It's a byproduct of something larger going on in the body. And that usually begins in the GI tract. As we mentioned in the first skin episode, which was episode 15, if you want to go back and listen, there's a skin-gut access going on. And in fact, there's a skin-brain-gut access going on where our GI system affects our skin. Our skin's affecting our GI system and all of it's affecting our mind. And so we just need to be aware of that, that if we're having skin issues, we can almost assume that there's something going on in our GI tract that needs to be healed. So taking out dairy for a period of time and focusing on gut restoration is going to be a key step in fighting acne. The challenge is to see if dairy is the culprit. So what you need to do is remove all dairy, even hidden dairy found in your whey protein powder, salad dressings, and other condiments for at least two to four weeks. Four is obviously preferred. Once those two to four weeks are up, I want you to take notice. Is your acne lessening? Is it healing better? If you can't tell, add dairy back in slowly and see if more acne appears. This will tell you if you should eliminate dairy for a period of time or if you're safe to consume it. 
I'll be honest with you though, for over 95% of people with acne, dairy plays a critical role. And if you're wondering, raw dairy or at least organic dairy doesn't seem to have the same effect. So if you must consume dairy, raw is best and the second best is going to be organic. Moving on, the next question is, what about cystic acne, which puts on a different front than normal acne? So I just wanna clarify what cystic acne is. Although if you struggle with cystic acne, I'm pretty sure there needs to be no clarification. But simply put, cystic acne is blemishes or pimples that are deeply embedded under the surface of your skin. They are extremely painful in most cases and never develop ahead as other forms of acne do. Most often, if not always, cystic acne is caused by a hormonal imbalance. Thus why the pill often works for people suffering with cystic acne. The pill acts to mask the imbalance. But the problem is the pill only works while you're on it, making it a lifelong thing, which we'll get to later on in this episode, but can really wreak havoc in the complete working system of your body. Once you end the pill, you go right back to where you were in the beginning, suffering with this hormonal imbalance, causing more cystic acne. So the pill really becomes a Band-Aid effect. So how do we actually treat cystic acne? Well, the easiest way is to start with your diet, of course, using food as medicine. As I mentioned in the skin episode, again, episode 15, the hormonal impact of food can be lessened by eating a more alkaline diet. This means more vegetables and fruits, basically foods of the earth, and less foods like caffeine and sugar and grains and animal products. It doesn't mean eliminate them, but I can assure you that limiting or eliminating sugar and caffeine can be hugely impactful on your body. Just creating a better balance overall on your hormonal system and your detoxification pathways. So the key is going to be relying on vegetables for a good portion of your daily intake. Not only will this help your acne, but to reiterate, your skin is a good diagnostic tool for what is happening on the inside of your body. So if your skin is inflamed, most likely your insides are as well. So choosing a more alkaline approach is going to be helpful. I'll attach some more links and products I love to create more alkalinity in the body in the show notes of this episode. But besides for the diet, the other areas which are just as impactful on acne, and specifically cystic acne, are sleeping. Of course, we can't go wrong with sleep, right? If we're not resting, we're not fully digesting and healing, so we need the proper amount of sleep, which is anywhere from 7 to 9 hours. We also need to make sure that we're hydrated and hydrate some more. Um, And using those hydrating beverages like lemon water, which we've also talked about in a bonus episode. Another thing that we need to focus on is eliminating toxins, which can build up in our pores, causing what seems like blemishes. We'll talk more about this in the next question, but for now, to dig back into cystic acne, besides for all of those areas, what we do in our diet and how we live our life, I also want to mention that this could be the perfect place to start using supplementation. Supplements can go a long ways in evening out our hormones. Unfortunately for most of us, we're just not getting the proper amount of nutrients and the right ratios of those nutrients in our diets anymore. And so supplementation can come in and play a huge role in that. So of the supplements I specifically recommend for cystic acne or just acne in general and even a hormonal imbalance include omega-3 oils, which again, I'll link up in the show notes a mineral formulation, which will help with alkalinity. So it can contain something like magnesium um, and other minerals in there. 
And the last three are ones that are specific to helping regulate hormones, specific to help regulating a cycle, and even men can find them to help metabolize excess estrogen or harmful estrogen in our body. So the first is a supplement called DIM, which helps the body to metabolize excess estrogen, which excess estrogen could be being produced in our body or we could be consuming or observing it via toxic beauty products, the use of plastics, and even in our food system. So what DIM's going to do is it's going to help metabolize excessive estrogen and also convert it into the beneficial form to make progesterone and estrogen levels more even. So not only will you experience better skin, but you'll also experience less moodiness, less painful periods, less hot flashes. So it really just takes the estrogen and helps our body get rid of the excess that it needs to to create a more even system. The next one that goes along with that is called Vitex. You don't need to take them together. You could do your research and figure out what's going to work best for you. But Vitex, which is known as chasberry or the women's herb, has long been used with great success to help women's hormones even out, again, making progesterone and estrogen more of an even playing field, which is going to help tremendously in the looks of our skin. And the third one is going to help with detoxification of the body. So taking all those bad chemicals, even even helping with the DIM supplement, which is going to help metabolize that excess estrogen and actually getting rid of it outside of the body. And that's called calcium deglutarate. This allows the body again to get rid of the excess toxins and the end clearing up the skin. So those are the supplements I specifically recommend for the skin. Again, I'll link them all in the show notes and do your research. I found them to be very safe um, and extremely effective at helping both men and women to regulate these estrogen levels, bringing them back into normal functioning and ultimately helping with detox. The next question is, what products do you use on your skin? I have to say that I'm pretty partial to the Beauty Counter line. I love it because it's effective and sleek, yet without any harmful chemicals or heavy metals. And this is different because nearly every other brand has something toxic in it. Even if your products say they're natural, it doesn't mean they're natural. There's really no standard when it comes to beauty products on what's regulated and what's not. It's kind of fair game. Whatever you want to put in there, you're more than welcome to. And so finding safe products, things that we use on our skin and on our bodies daily is essential in helping our skin to heal and just our bodies in general. So again, I can't speak highly enough for Beauty Counter, um, but in general, I'm a pretty low-maintenance kind of person. My routine is generally to wash with a homemade honey scrub occasionally, not every day, but most of the time with just water, and then I always add a Beauty Counter oil in the morning and evening. Otherwise, it's the basics of makeup, and that sums me up. As you can tell, I'm a pretty basic girl, but again, Beauty Counter ranges from lotions and face wash all the way to shampoos and sunscreen. If you have products of your own and you're questioning whether they're safe or not, I'd encourage you to go to the website ewg.org where you can type in the products that you use and it will leave you a ranking based on the toxic or the chemical load of the product. It's definitely eye-opening and it's their mission at the EWG to get safe products into the hands of everyone. So check that out if you're questioning if your specific product is safe or not. The next question is, why does the pill work so well? 
We kind of hit on this earlier, but essentially the pill works as it's releasing a slow flow of synthetic hormones, helping to even out everything, eliminating those drastic swings some or most people can experience monthly. Again, this is synthetic. It's coming in to mask those effects. So without the pill, your body goes right back to where it started. So essentially, this is the Band-Aid approach. It's not actually helping your body to normalize your hormones. It's just masking those by doing it for your body. And I'm a big believer that we got to make our body do the job that it was designed and do it well. So by doing something for your body in the long term, you're really not helping it out. So if you want clear skin, you want even hormones, it's best to take care of the root cause, even if it takes a little bit longer. Two more questions. If you had to do three things to get clear skin, what would they be? My first would always be diet. Again, I really believe that food can do a lot of things in our body, and it's pretty easy to do it, right? If we can just change our diet without taking loads of pills or anything like that, it's always going to be best. So First would be to stop eating dairy and switch to a more alkaline or plant-based diet, healing your GI tract. You could even throw in a probiotic or fermented foods to help really heal and rejuvenate that GI tract, which in time will help our skin. Number two, which is also pretty simple, is just switch my products, my makeups and shampoos and conditioners and lotions to toxic-free and products free of common food sensitivities. I'll keep plugging it, but again, Beauty Connor products are a good start for this. And the third thing is to supplement wisely. I think that most of us really do need to supplement with something at some point, and it can change over the course of our life, but I don't think that there's any of us that actually get all the nutrients that we need anymore. Our food system just doesn't have it in it. Um, it, It's lost over time. And supplement wisely and do your research. I gave you a good start on supplements that could help with your skin. And the last question, is it better to use sunscreen or to leave it out considering the awful chemicals they are finding in sunscreen? So I have to say that I'm a big fan of vitamin D and the nutrients we get from our sun. However, I know a lot of people are squirming at that. And so while I think the sun is great and I love to be outside without sunscreen for a period of time, I do think that we need to be cautious with it, right? 10 to 20 minutes of sunlight without sunscreen is ideal and very beneficial, allowing your body to absorb all those rays from the sun, converting it into vitamin D. Sunscreen will actually prevent that process from happening. So we do need a period of time where good majority of our skin is in the sun to really convert that vitamin D. However, outside of that 10 to 20 to 30 minute rule, we should probably be applying a medium SPF sunscreen. However, in the case of cancer, some would still argue that sunscreen is more cancer causing than the sun itself. And I can't deny that. There are some really awful sunscreens out there that we slather all over our bodies and all over our kids' bodies without even realizing how dangerous they are. So if and when you use sunscreen, make sure you pick the best and safest brand. And I hate to break it to you, the spray kinds aren't going to make the cut. I have a blog post all about sunscreen that links my favorite brands and ones that actually work and are safe. So check that out. And that is the end of the questions I'm going to answer in this bonus episode. We made it to the end, and I hope that it helped to clarify and take this information to the next step to really apply it to your life and experience the healing that you're looking for. 
So thanks again for tuning in to another bonus episode answering all of your top skin questions. If you have more you'd like answered, please shoot me an email, leave a comment on the blog or on social media, and I'll make sure to give you an answer or at least direct you in the right place. I am so encouraged that you are here and you are wanting to take your health into your own hands and live your best life. And speaking of sun, I hope that you get out there and enjoy these long summer days resting and relaxing in the sun. And before you go, if you like what you heard and want to help me out, I'd so appreciate you leaving a rating and review. These mean everything to me and help shape and form the show into what you want it to be. To rate and review the show, log on to simplerootswellness.com slash review. And if you'd like to stay up to date on all of my other offerings from the show, log on to simplerootswellness.com and sign up for my weekly emails. Again, I am forever grateful for you and more importantly, your drive to live a healthier and more satisfying life. It's small steps every day that add up over time. So what are you choosing today for your health? I can't wait to chat with you in the next show coming up on Tuesday with a very special guest. See you then.